Good afternoon and welcome to CCK Live. My name is Jenna Zelmer. I am an attorney at CCK practicing primarily at the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, representing veterans who have been denied benefits at the board level. Joining me today are Elise Phillips and Kevin Medeiros, who are also court team attorneys. Um, and today we're going to be talking about how to get an earlier effective date for your disability. So before we get into the specifics of how to get an effective date, we wanted to touch briefly on what is an effective date. Um, so usually when VA awards benefits, they also award an effective date, which is the date that VA uses as the start date for the payment of disability benefits. So essentially, it's the date that VA has determined you've become entitled. And usually when you have a claim that has been pending for many years, the effective date is the is going to be the date that you filed your most recent claim um, or your in increased rating claim. Sometimes your increased rating claim effective date will be dependent on um, when the evidence did demonstrated that you had um, a more severe disability than you had in the past. But generally speaking, um, you can assume that the date that you filed your most, most recent claim is going to be your effective date, unless um, we have some of these other uh, situations that Elise and Kevin are going to be talking to us about today. So um, Elise, why don't you kick us off? Why is an earlier effective date important? They're important because they can affect uh, whether you are eligible for what we call retroactive benefits or how much additional retroactive benefits you could potentially get. Um, so what's a retroactive benefit? It's essentially, uh, it's back pay in a way. Um, it's the benefits that VA owes you um, between the time of your eligibility date or your effective date and the time that you're actually granted. So um, that's going to depend on how long that time period is. But generally speaking, the longer the time period, the more retroactive benefits you would be entitled to. Um, so if there was, if your effective date went back a year earlier, you would be a, you would be entitled to a year more of retroactive benefits. Great. Yeah, and that could, kind of goes back to what I was saying is that if your claim takes a long time, the, those retroactive benefits add up. So it's important, and that's kind of why we want veterans to know about earlier effective dates because we don't want, um, you know, VA to make a mistake on, in calculating that and then a veteran not to understand that or not to notice it and then not be able to get the money that they were due. So as we mentioned, you know, veterans are not always given the earliest possible effective date, but there are several ways to argue that. Um, and just to preface this, this is a really complicated area of the law. Um, it's also kind of always changing in terms of um, you know, what what the scope of a claim is or what evidence would entitle you to an earlier effective date. So if this is something that you think you're entitled to, please reach out to your veterans um, benefits representative, either a veteran service organization or an attorney. Um, and if you have any questions, you can feel free to re look out our website, uh, cck-law.com. We definitely have some blogs on this and um, some more information that hopefully can help. But Let's just kind of cover the basics today of a high-level view. Kevin, why don't you um, start us off with uh, clear and unmistakable errors? Sure, yeah. So this is probably the most difficult um, hill to climb when seeking a, an earlier effective date. Uh, it's called clear and unmistakable error. The short form is, is Q. And uh, it's a rare type of error made by VA that could potentially result in an earlier effective date. Um, 
it, it, it's a way for veterans to challenge a decision that had ultimately become final. Um, it's really one of the only ways to do that. Um, and it, it's, it's difficult to do because you have to show clear and almost unmistakable error and uh, that to do so, you need to show that the outcome would have been different had, you know, the adjudicator, um, you know, had properly applied the law when they when they made the decision or, you know, certain facts weren't before them. So it's it's probably the most difficult way to get um, an earlier effective date, but there are scenarios where, you know, it is a, a viable path to an earlier effective date. There's really, uh, you can't emphasize enough that it is probably the most difficult way to try to get an earlier effective date. It's extremely complicated. It doesn't happen very often. Um, And part of the reason for that is because generally when a rating decision is final, meaning it wasn't appealed within one year, that's the end of the story. You have to start all over from the beginning, unless you can prove that that original rating decision, you know, the RO didn't have the right facts before it, didn't correctly apply the law, and that is a really high burden for uh, veterans to meet. It kind of, it, it's the exception to the rule that everything should be construed liberally um, for the veteran or that the benefit of the doubt um, should always weigh in favor of the veteran. So if you're in the realm of Q, I would just, you know, again, make sure that you talk to your representative or someone that's familiar with this type of law um, and hope for the best. <laughs> but um You know, speaking of final decisions, there are some scenarios where um, a previously final decision that wasn't appealed can be reopened. So, Elise, why don't we talk about um, how that happens with military records? For new military records, under Section 38 um, CFR 3.156C, you could potentially get earlier effective date if you... um, if service connected, uh, excuse me, if service records were associated with your file um, that were not part of the file at the time of your denial. But it's it's a little bit trickier than that because the service records have to be relevant official service department records and they have to have existed at the time that VA denied your claim. And again, they have to have not been associated um, with the claims file. So what we typically see is the most tricky part is proving that those uh, records were relevant. I won't get into the nitty gritty of that, but um, it can't be just any service department record. Uh, they do have to be relevant. They have to have affected your claim in some way. Um, VA has some examples of types of service records that can uh, constitute new service records or, well, existing service records that are new to your file. Um, That could include service records that um, are relevant to any in-service event, injury, disease. Um, It could also uh, maybe corroborate something. They could be records that mention a veteran by the name. Um, They could also be um, additional service records uh, that are are at the time declassified, that weren't originally declassified at the time of your denial. Um, So there's a a large spectrum of service records, but they do have to be relevant to the claim. This is a really complicated regulation, and I think it's helpful sometimes to kind of pull back and think about why why it it exists. And so 
I always like to distill it down into essentially what VA is saying is that if they had, if there were records that they should have had at the time of the original denial, that for some reason they lost, or for example, they were classified, like Elise mentioned, um, and so they didn't have them, but they should have had them, then that previous denial can be reopened once you get those records into VA. So it's kind of saying VA should have known better, but at the time they didn't have all the information and the veteran shouldn't be punished for that. Um, so again, I think that's really, it's helpful to kind of think about why these particular records would warrant an earlier effective date when generally the rule is that a final denial is is done. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting reg. Um, and it can it can be really helpful to veterans. You can get a you know especially for service connection for psych. We see this a lot with PTSD. If um, you know a veteran had been denied because their stressor hadn't been corroborated way back in the '80s or even before that, and now the stressor is corroborated and it's based on a record that VA should have had it, that can open up the floodgates and a veteran can have retroactive benefits based on that earlier effective date for years. Um, so it's really, it is, it can be life-changing if you can, if you can get that reopened. And then the finally, um, in terms of records and evidence, um, 3.156C has, has a similar, I would maybe a brother or a sister regulation, 3.156B. Kevin, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Right. So 3.156B is a little bit different in that, um, it might new and material evidence submitted within um, the appeal period. So before the time period VA prescribes that, you know, some sort of appeal document, whether it's a notice of disagreement or um, a substantive appeal needs to be filed. If a veteran submits new and material evidence within the time period before um, the expiration of the appeal period, then the effective date might be preserved if um, you know it relates to to the in for example if if uh, if the VA denies a higher rating for a condition and new evidence comes in within one year of that rating decision showing that it might be more severe than VA had, had decided it was that new and material evidence might um, you know be able to preserve the uh, the effective date rather than you know VA saying the condition got worse on this date when that evidence came in. If it was within the one-year appeal period, it could preserve the, the original effective date. Um, so the, the evidence needs to relate to some um, aspect of the claim. If it's service connection, it needs to be relevant to nexus. And if it's you know in increased rating, it needs to be relevant to severity. But if the VA doesn't you know, really address the new evidence that um, you know, I was I was talking about. The the original date might be preserved in, in that scenario. So it's a way that you know, if if the VA denies a claim and then new evidence comes in within the appeal period, if VA never addresses it, then you know we we can sometimes argue that the the claim remains open back to a date that uh, earlier than than might have been awarded later. Yeah, that's a really good point because a veteran might not know that, right? And so they might, you know, there might be submitted new evidence submitted and then years later they file a new claim because they had been denied and VA says, no, we, we already denied you this, like you have to submit new evidence to reopen it. But if that, 
essentially the the new material evidence that was submitted within that one year of that first rating decision keeps that claim open. And so um, it again, this is really complicated and it requires a lot of thorough record review. Um, but when you do find something like that, it's really exciting for the veteran and for us as advocates. We have a blog where you can read all about how to reopen a, a VA claim based on new material evidence too. So that's on our website and I think we will drop it a link down in the comments below. Um, and then one other thing I would just note is that um, we as, as veterans advocates are not the only people who um, find this interesting. The Supreme Court actually um, fairly recently, a couple of years ago now, issued a decision all about 3.156B and kind of what is um, what constitutes relevant evidence. And so um, that's exciting. You know, there's not that many veterans cases that go to the Supreme Court. So when there is, it's always um, fun to read about it. So that case is called Kaiser. So Elise, let's talk about claims filed within a year of discharge. Sure. So, so this is another way to get an earlier effective date from what your technical claim is. So so long as you file your claim uh, within a year of being discharged, VA, if they grant it, they will grant your benefits back to the date of your discharge rather than the date of your claim. Um, I do want to just note that this only applies if your claim is initially successful. Um, if it's denied and becomes final, uh, this exception isn't going to apply. Yeah, so like if you file a claim within a year of your discharge, it can go back to your discharge if it's granted. But if it's denied, then later down the line, you want to appeal or you want to file a new claim and you have to reopen it. Um, and that originally gets granted. You can't argue that it should go all the way back to your date of discharge. And this is something that we see a lot is that veterans don't really understand how effective dates work. And they think that because of uh, disability is related to service, that means it should go all the way back to the date you were discharged. But unfortunately, um, that's not how VA um, has, has made its rules about effective dates. Cool. And um, in addition to, you know, veterans, we have some, some information on this generally, in addition to veterans who can get benefits, uh, family members, um, surviving spouses, or certain dependent family members can also get benefits, which are called dependency and indemnity compensation. Um, and so it's important to kind of know about the effective dates for those claims as well. And this is similar to a veteran filing a claim um, for service connection within the year of service. Um, if a surviving spouse files a claim within one year of the, the veteran's death, they're, they're also entitled to, to an effective date um, of the, the month, the first day of the month, month in which the veteran died. So, um, you know, if a, a surviving spouse doesn't file the claim um, for 11 months after the, the veteran's death, she won't have the effective date of the date of her claim. She'll, she'll get the retroactive benefits back to, you know, the month of death. Um, and again, this doesn't apply if that initial one, um, initial claim is denied um, and becomes final. But if it is filed within one year, the effective date will be the month um, that, of the veteran's death. And we have more, more information about that um, on the blog as uh, in addition to just more general information about um, DIC benefits. That's a nice little buffer for, you know, a veteran's wife who is obviously dealing with a lot if their husband or or wife just recently passed and, um, you know, you have a little bit of a, of a time frame to, to get everything together to file that claim. So then the last um, effective date 
situation where you could potentially get an earlier date is presumptive service connection. Elise, what exactly, what does that mean? How can you get an earlier effective date for that? First, I'll just briefly say what presumptive service connection is. Basically, there are certain conditions that VA presumes are going to be connected to your military service. Um, probably most commonly in the, you know, is Agent Orange or in veterans that served in Vietnam, um, those NEMER class veterans. Um, so VA recognizes that if you served in Vietnam, you're presumptively um, have been exposed to Agent Orange. And then if you have a certain condition that's presumptive to Agent Orange exposure, you'll get presumptive service connection. Um, if VA is gonna grant you presumptive service connection, um, say you have maybe CAD as an example and you served in Vietnam um, and you filed your claim within a year of discharge, the effective date is gonna be the same date as your illness or your injury first occurred. It's not gonna be the date of your claim. Um, however, if you don't, do not file your claim within a year of discharge, it's going to go back to the normal rules. It's going to be uh, either the date that you filed your claim or the date that your injury first arose, whichever one's later, which is our, our normal rules that we don't have, we don't apply to a uh, presumptive service connection. Yeah, and you, you touched briefly on NEMER class members, and I would just note that if for some reason you were, if you filed a claim before a disease became um, presumptive and you were denied because it wasn't connected to service. Um, NEMER was a class action lawsuit that happened after many veterans um, had, after their disabilities became presumptive and they essentially wanted an earlier effective date because um, it was essentially based on, on VA not keeping up with the science and not knowing that these disabilities were related to Agent Orange. And so um, that is really complicated. <laughs> we're not going to get into it today. Um, but I would just reiterate what I've already said many times is that if you do have something like that, I would strongly encourage you to talk to a representative because um, they can kind of walk you through the steps and make sure to see if you do apply for a NEMER um, effective date. So. Great. I think that's that's really covered it. Like I said, it, this is a really brief overview of all the different ways that you can get an effective date. Um, there is more information on our website. This is definitely not um, every single detail, but we just wanted to kind of give you an idea of what to look for, um, and hopefully this would help, and hopefully you can kind of um, get an idea if you might qualify for an earlier effective date. And I would just, you know, emphasize how complicated of an area this is and how um, it is always beneficial to reach out. If you have any questions, um, look at our blogs uh, and also reach out to any uh, service representatives that you can. Like we've said, it's, it's important to have someone guide you through the process. Um, VA law is very complicated, so I always encourage people to, to reach out to someone that might be able to help them. Thank you for tuning in. Like we all said, be sure to check out our blog. We have our podcast. Um, we're on social media. And of course, you can see our website at cck-law.com. Um, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again soon.